Well, it's 8.18am. I've just arrived at Macaulay Community School. This is the first time I've been here. And I haven't seen it since it was the old Marymount campus. And it kind of took my breath away, to be honest. It's amazing looking. I, I don't. It, it just looks so... The only term I can think of is it looks kind of purpose-built for modern education. It's very rounded, the buildings and design, it's kind of two-story, but it's like you just want to go inside and look more. It just it makes you interested in seeing it. All right, I'm going to go in. Welcome to episode two of the Living Learning Leading Podcast. I'm your host, James Meston. Today's episode comes from Macaulay Community School, a new R6 school that has just opened this year. I arrived early in the school day on a Friday in late June, a pretty chilly winter morning, with unexplained cold drizzle coming from what looked like a cloudless sky. And I caught up with Principal Amanda Parslow welcoming students at the kiss and drop area at the back gate of the school. Clear skies and rain. You know you're having an Adelaide Do you winter, know what? don't you? I was thinking to myself, someone had to go get me the umbrella. I went, here's got a fizzy. Here's got a good fizzy. Well, good morning. How is it? How are we this morning? Are we well? That's good. Have Thank a great you. day. Thank See you. ya. Do you do this every morning? Every morning. Marianne, we swap. So every morning, Marianne or I are on duty. So Marianne does this side and I do that side and then we swap the next day. So it's I'm always fascinated. Like I see this at my kids' school as well. The, the, the importance of what it is for someone as a school leader, as either mm. principal or deputy principal, quite often both mm. I see, are actually here to welcome the students in the morning. Sense of belonging and sense of welcome. Have a great day, boys. Don't forget to say goodbye to Mum and give her that special message. Bye, Mum. Bye. I love you, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mum. <laughs> when you go to the school's website and click on the link Principal's Welcome, you read an introduction to the community from Amanda and the committed enthusiasm for education literally leaps off the page. Within it though, there are a few phrases that do stand out, especially in context to this podcast. In the second paragraph, it reads, Macaulay Community School is a place where there are opportunities for all to thrive. It is a place to live, learn and lead. And then nearer to the end of the page, she speaks of her mission to lead a community of thriving people, capable learners, leaders of the world God desires. In reading this, you would correctly assume that the Caesar Living Learning Leading Framework sits firmly within Macaulay Community School's vision for the education of their students. However, it goes much deeper than that, and I found out just how much when I sat down with Amanda and Deputy Principal Marianne Loftus for a chat about the framework and their school, of which they are extremely proud. I wanted to start right back at the beginning though, and started by asking Amanda when she had first heard that a new school was being created on the old Marymount site. So I suppose back in about 2017, okay. I heard about a new school 
being built. Catholic Ed was going to build a new school and they wanted it to be innovative and they wanted it to be different. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much more about it, so I set myself a challenge and I thought I'm, I want to know more. And the reason I want to know more is because I think education, learning environments in education, learning environments have not changed years and years and years and years. We have a have a process where you turn five and it's like, yay, you can go to school and we'll put you in a box and then we'll move you from box to box to box right through to year 12. And if you look at all our schooling, that's what we did from year to year. And the learning environments haven't changed with, I suppose, our pedagogical practice and we we needed to look at that. And I think that system, this is me very personally, I have had a, a drive that that system has failed so many young people. And we have churned out sometimes robots, robots who memorise things to get through their exams. We have churned out young learners who tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. Yeah, right. And they don't, they're not allowed to... They haven't been given, I suppose, that ability to think about themselves. Think about themselves as learners and understand themselves about how do I learn best. And also the uh, the other thing that I, is a passion of mine is that learning isn't linear. You don't move from a five-year-old curriculum to a six-year-old curriculum to a seven-year-old curriculum so the learning takes place when we're ready to learn and we need to be in environments that enable those opportunities and those possibilities. And so a five-year-old is extremely capable and extremely competent, which is, you know, the centre of the Live, Learn, Lead framework. Mm. And But what does that actually mean when you put it into action? It doesn't mean that you're five and you you only look at the reception curriculum, foundation curriculum in the Australian curriculum. You only look at um, certain aspects of the curriculum when you're in that year level. If I'm ready for that, I should be questioned and challenged and have that ability to think, um, that ability to to be creative, to be innovative and to flourish. Mm. And so that, that's that been a passion. So back in 2000, that was a long answer, wasn't it, for that very It was, but there's, there's actually, and I actually want more in that answer than what you gave, believe it or not, in that um, because when you're talking about like, you know, we learned in the same way, box mm. to box to mm. box, and pedagogy's changed, but the learning environments haven't changed. Now, when people get passionate and fired up about the idea of doing something mm. to make a difference and make a change, it usually stems from... Um, something that has happened that has made them fired up. Do you know what I mean? Because ordinarily you could say, okay, this is the system. We've done what we need to choose it. Someone's going to fix it Mm. and change it. But then there are the people who step up to go, no, I'm going to be someone who is going to be doing that. Was there anything, was there something that happened along your educational teaching journey that made you go, no, actually, I'm going to be someone who actually forges Uh change here? Uh Two things. First of all, I've been very fortunate in my teaching career to have um, incredible experiences and I trained as a junior primary educator and I, when I got my first job in um, the Catholic system, I've taught independent schools and in the department schools and in Catholic, um, I've also had my own business. So I, I took a step away from education as far as teaching 
and ran a my own business for 10 years. When I went back into teaching, I went as a reception educator because that's what I knew. And I was very fortunate to have a mentor who obviously saw something, challenged me, and within a period of 10 years, I taught reception right through to year 12. I taught year eight and nine maths. And I'll never forget that coming from a primary background and how we teach and how I taught maths, I had the phone call from the librarian probably for every day for three weeks running. Amanda, year eight maths, year eight maths book is here. I don't need it. We're not going to use the textbook. But that's part of the curriculum. But we don't need it. I'm Anyway, in the end, I went down and got the year eight maths book. We all marched back in with our year eight maths book and we put them in a cupboard and that's where it stayed. Because I wanted to get these young people to look at contextualising their learning into what was happening and learn the knowledge, skills and understanding of maths um, in the real world. So that was one. The other um, that drove my real passion is, is personally my son. So I have um, two children and my son is very outgoing, is very, um, he'll question things, he'll challenge things. I have a daughter, you tell her what to do, she'll do it, and she'll do it beautifully. Uh, she now thinks more about what she did, but when she was little, she didn't. She just did what pleased the teacher. Mm -hmm. Where my son was challenged uh, a lot, and so he was the naughty kid. So he was labelled as the naughty one. Where it was the opposite. He was just such a deep thinker and very fair and very just. But he was also a, a big boy. So people would look at him and say, oh, he must be in that year because that's the size of him. He must be in year one. So he actually moved from Victoria to South Australia and he did one term of reception and when I moved to South Australia they said oh no look at the size of him he can't go into reception well hang on well actually he hasn't had the foundational um, learnings and he I don't care how old he is or what he looks like but as a learner he hasn't had those foundations so he ended up repeating um, a year level which is you know we don't really like to do that but one of the things was is that when I talked to him he, all he wanted in year two, mum, I just want to be able to write a letter and write a story like my friend Joseph. And I'll never forget it. And, and I, we spoke about it and I said, well, what happens if you, what happens if you stayed in year two and you learnt more skills about writing? Would that help? Yeah, sure. yeah, I think so. But will I be able to play year three sport? And I said, well, I don't know. We'll need to talk to the head of school. And we did. And he said, of course you can. Because for you, that's what you need. So although he was in year two, he was enabled to still play sport in school sport, which you had to be in year three. So that was then that pinnacle of where and how are we meeting these needs of these young people? And it's more than just grade from grade from grade. It's that, that whole person. And it's more the, the a child will learn when they feel good about themselves, when they know about themselves, when they see success. And regardless of that's where and how that happens, they, they will then move forward and learn. 
So they're the two personal experiences and I have a really deep passion about a child having agency, a child having a voice, but also teaching the whole child. And it's, yes, the literacy and numeracy is so important, but contextualise that for what's happening in their real world. Okay, so then in 2018, around about September, um, I found out that I had been successful and, wow, I was beside myself. I was so excited. I, I knew this was a place to reimagine learning. Was um, that the thing that excited you the most? Yes. That you could? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Re reimagine what learning could look like for these young people. What was the first day on the job? Like, what actually happened? So, who was the so, team? Who came together? Yeah. What happened? Because <laughs> so I'd be curious to know if you go, question. and we're going to reimagine learning, we're going to build this whole new thing. You rock up on day one, you've got your takeaway coffee cup in your hand, you sit down and go, okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> Hi. <laughs> that is actually what it looked like too. Yeah. <laughs> so, you were there, Matt. What was it from your point of view, Marianne? Um well, Amanda arrived and was based at St. Teresa's. So Amanda came in um, with her coffee cup and her bag. Oh, so I didn't call that wrong. You were with your go. coffee no, cup. No, 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 you're exactly right. <laughs> okay, good. And Amanda literally walked in the front door and, and we were there to greet her and, and that was the beginning of everything, that beautiful energy. She had a, an amazing energy to bring with her and a, and a, a very strong vision. Yeah. For where where Macaulay was was going to be mm. and and how that was going to be. So how well developed was the vision, Amanda? Like what, what do, and how do you develop a vision for a school that yeah. doesn't yet exist? No, and and that's a really good question. So obviously I had to to write an application with a vision that I had, and it was about that energy. It was about collaboration. It was about reimagining. But what was so clear about the vision is that you can't do it on your own. Mm. And if a vision is going to be shared, you need to create that vision yeah. with a group of people and it needs to be the people who are going to be part of yeah. it. So it can't just be your own vision. No. You've got to have no something way. that's, yeah. you know. That, that's right. And I think what was for us is that at the, the very similar timing, um, the Catholic Ed were developing the Live, Learn, Lead framework. Mm. And when you look at the Live, Learn, Lead framework and you look at the capabilities, key capabilities, and I put that into the vision that I had. I went, wow, we need to bring this alive. Mm. And this can come alive. So and what was it? I'm really curious. So because so much of that Live, Learn, Lead framework, and from someone who has got such a strong background in education, especially coming into educational leadership, the ideas of looking at educational frameworks, especially around things like the ACARA capabilities, which bears such a strong similarity in a lot of ways to the Live, Learn, Lead, to the, the actual the yeah. pie thing and with all the wraparound statements and the central and the sort of the central vision and mission of the whole thing. They're, they're the different things, that yeah. whole idea of the thriving people, capable learners, and then all of the, the co-creation of education and um, religion, um, education informed yeah. by faith. I don't know the exact wording, sorry, off the top of my head. What did you see in that document that you went, this is important, this is different enough to make a really foundational difference and we should be, because what you've done is you've integrated this completely into the development of the Macaulay Way and all of the elements. And I looked on the website, Live, Learn, Lead, it's everywhere within that. Mm. So what was it about it that made you go, yes, we need to make this the cornerstone of our planning process? The child was at the centre. The child was right at the centre of the Live, Learn, Lead framework. 
And that is the most important. So whatever we do, it is about the young learner. And then when you look at the key capabilities around that learner, it's all about the why we do things. And it's you look at those, those key capabilities. We want them to be literate and numerate. We want them to have a global understanding of themselves over time. We want them to know how to think, how to think critically, how to analyse. We want them to know how to be compassionate, to how to have empathy. We want them to reach out to others. We want these young people to understand themselves and where they belong in their life, whether it be in their family community, their school community, their parish community, their wider community, their global community. We want them to not only know and to be able to use these ICTs, but we want them to know to be capable and competent learners and users of ICTs and know how to be innovative with them. So, you know, you look at all those key cards and there's more, more of them there, but that's, that's our why. That's what we want. We want these people and we want these young people who leave from Macaulay to be able to stand up for what they believe in the most respectful way. Mm. We want them to know their why and continue to develop their why because when we know our why, and it, and it will change, but there'll always be a core there, then we thrive. And I just think that's, you know, and the words live, learn, lead. Mm. They, they're such action words. And they're not just words that are just words on paper. They're words that you can transform into doing, into action, into being. And I think that's what's so important. So with something like um, the live, lean, fra- live, live, learn, lead framework and the Macaulay way that, you know, that, that comes out of that, if that's essentially the rock that you throw in the middle of a, of a still lake and it's the ripples that go out and the ripples is essentially we're, we're in your office here and it's kind of got this sort of fishbowl vibe going on <laughs> where you've got these big windows and you can kind of see what's going on in the school. Let's just say what we're seeing around us here are the ripples that are going out this, you know, these kids that are like, you know, it's it's this sort of afternoon recess sort of time that you guys have here, which is a different way in which you guys have structured the school day. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing in a lot of ways from what I understand and talking to the students and talking to the staff members, you're seeing the positive hopes of what starting with that live, lean, live learn, lead framework was all about. How do you as a school staff and school leaders – and I'll, I'll ask you this question first, Marianne, maybe. How do you make it so that those ripples do actually reach the edge of the of the lake? How do you do how do you turn an idea of an educational vision and framework into thriving people, capable learners, leaders for the world God desires? How do you do that? We do it together. That's that's the one thing. I'm sitting here listening to you and I am looking outside there and I'm watching every single one of the learners sitting in the, the nest there around the fish pond out there playing. We do it together and we build that together and that's what I was saying to you this morning when we were talking. You, you can't do it alone. And, yes, there is that initial vision there and we, we have that beautiful living, learning, leading framework. 
but we have that little eighth piece of that pie where we live, learn and lead in service of each other. Yeah. Um, and you, you can't do that alone. Mm. And you, you, I think we, we do that by our actions. So if you're going to take it right through uh, everything that we're doing, we do that hand in hand, walking alongside each other. Mm. That's that's the first thing that came into my head when you. I was listening to. You. I wasn't daydreaming. I was looking at. No, no, out, I got that. I, think I was we're looking all... out there because everything you were describing is right there. Yeah, it, it is there. It's in our neighbourhoods when you walk through our neighbourhoods. It's in our canteen. It's 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 in our groundsman. It's in our you know it's in our front office with the welcoming. It all of that is this. It is. Kiss kiss and yes. It's all about coming to life, and you can see. I that. could see that in the kiss and draw. I was so glad that I came out and, yeah. and was a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Macaulay Community School, the year two thousand and thirty. If you had a hope, and I know that with you guys, the hope is basically then something that you would work towards happening. What is the vision for the school moving forward over the next decade? What will this school become? Amanda. That's such a great question. That's a really good question. This school will be full of very hopeful learners. What does that mean, hopeful? Yeah. That's such an interesting yeah. word. Hope, hopeful meaning that, and how I see the hope field, that they know that they have a, a positive future, that they know that they can make a difference. They know themselves as young people in the world. They believe about themselves being capable and competent. They have the language of, I suppose, our Macaulay way. You know, they, they know the words live, learn, lead. They know our mercy keys. And I'm sure you would have seen um, our mercy keys in action today. But not only are they in action, people talk about them, but you can see them in action. And people are, you know, we had a parent, and I think you've spoken to her today, but she, those five words, those five mercy keys that you have, it's so they're so easy to talk about but they're so easy to show and so easy to do and i think if we can when when the young people leave here you've got young learners who are respectful and compassionate they're grateful for what they have but they're courageous and they're creative and we are a school of innovation and that word you know we can talk about what does that actually word that word mean well it is looking at things differently it's actually being stepping outside the box and we have a saying and we talk about the fact of that we are problem finders and we are solution designers and so let's have a look around around the world look at our school where are the where are the problems let's find them let's go looking for them but let's come up with solutions for them. Let's design those solutions. And I think that's when you've got a headset like that, that you are hopeful and you're positive. And not every day is going to be rosy and shiny, and, but that's okay. But we've got the skills deep down to cope with those days when they're not um, running smoothly. We, I can see in 2030 we've got young people who question. They question things respectfully they challenge themselves they want to 
be the best that they can be. But we talk about that's you can never get to that. You're always working to improve and always working to be the best person that we can be. We talk about making a difference in the world. We talk about making a difference in our in our own life and about the the, the young people that we are. Um, so I think you've got in 2030, we're going to look out and we're going to see engineers. We'll see creators. We'll see illustrators. We'll see journalists. We'll see, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Those, um, you know, they'll be exploring space. They'll be able to question things. They'll be able to build strong relationships. They'll work collaboratively. They'll be cooperative. They'll have an understanding of their, their faith. They'll know themselves as young people with a strong faith, but they will understand that. And somebody, you know, we have people who they know God loves them very much, and that looks different for everybody. Mm. But they'll be able to be, they'll know that. They'll be able to articulate it. They'll be able to articulate their why. They'll have ideas of the types of things that they would like to try and challenge themselves throughout their life. And it won't be the same thing like you and I, well, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but I, I always knew I was going to be a teacher. I was going to be a teacher and one day I was going to be a principal. I knew that ever since I was little. And I've, I've done that. But the, the young people of today, they're going to have many, many careers, not just jobs, different careers. And, and it's our responsibility to provide them with those opportunities. And they will also drive us to look outside our box and continually change, to continually improve, to continue, continually innovate because we want them to make a difference in the world as well. I mean, it seems to me, you know, I'm, I don't want to simplify what you're saying because you've said so much, but it does seem to be, I keep thinking how much this goes back to that central thriving people, capable learners, leaders for the world, mm. God desires, but breaking that open into what that actually does mean. If you actually had that one thing as a as a statement at the very top and started breaking that off mm. into like a family mm. tree looking thing, mm. it has so many facets yeah. attached to it and what it is. And, and that, ch that child at the centre is that, that they believe themselves, about themselves as that capable and competent person. Yeah. And we don't necessarily know what they're capable or competent of or in and neither do they what's important is that we believe that they are and our responsibility is to enable that to thrive whatever that capable competent young learner is going to do we provide those opportunities and possibilities mm -hmm. for them to to achieve it mm -hmm. and it's going to look different for everybody you know one mold doesn't fit and we we talk about it all the time this is just one incredible place of learning but it may not be that incredible place of learning for everybody and and that's okay but we're going to give it our very best mm. to provide those opportunities for these young people the living learning leading podcast is produced by me james meston for archd radio and podcasting in partnership with catholic education sa for full music credits for this episode, please check the show notes. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, I think you'll also really like the School Life podcast, where we visit South Australian Catholic primary and secondary schools and explore the different aspects of school life from the students' point of view. I'll put a link to that in our show notes too. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in a few weeks with a new Living Learning Leading episode.